Last week, we saw how St. Paul encourages us and his readers to respond to the mercies of God with love that is real. We are not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. It's a powerful passage. So what follows immediately after it in chapter 13 is something of a surprise. The passage which follows, which we haven't read this morning, talks about how we should obey those in authority and pay our taxes. Let me quote from the passage to give you an idea. St. Paul writes, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. He goes on to describe the rulers, those in authority, as God's servants and ministers. This is why, he writes, we pay taxes. It is a passage that continues to trouble churchgoers. What about when authorities are not only people we disagree with, but are thoroughly bad people? Surely St. Paul doesn't see them as instituted by God. The first thing to say is that St. Paul is well aware that the authorities could be bad. After all, he had been on the receiving end of cruel authorities but he had even called them to account when he thought they were wrong. Well, I must resist the temptation to discuss this passage more, but the reason I mention it is to say that the principles that St. Paul enunciated last week in the passage about love apply this week too to what St. Paul writes in chapter 13 about the authorities. Yes, rulers can be evil, but we are to overcome evil with good, and that applies to those who are evil in power. The main point I want to make, however, is that St. Paul doesn't leave off discussing love in chapter 12 and then begin a new subject in chapter 13 when he talks about those in authority. For the need for us to love applies in every area of our life, not just in those areas which are personal and individual, but those areas which are political, social, and economic as well. It is only because we have a somewhat romanticized and indeed sexualized idea of love that we don't see the connection with what Paul writes in Romans 12 with what he writes in Romans 13. St. Paul has not left off the theme of love. And we see this by what follows immediately after what St. Paul writes about obeying the government and paying our taxes. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, that we're to owe no one anything except to love them. For who has loved has fulfilled the law, St. Paul writes. St. Paul accused, was accused by some in the church of teaching that believers didn't have to worry about what they said and did. 
St. Paul asks during his writing of Romans whether God's unconditional love means that we don't have to worry about sin. He realizes that his teaching could suggest this. Indeed, what he writes about the law could imply that we don't have to worry about commands, rules, and regulations anymore. St. Paul himself says we don't serve God by keeping the written code, but, it, but rather in the newness of the Spirit. So is what St. Paul's saying when he says that love is the fulfilling of the law, is what he is saying is that there are no rules anymore? Well, there were people in the church who thought like this. The Corinthians had a slogan. Their slogan was, all things are lawful to me. And the Corinthian Christians used this to justify all sorts of behavior. Some male Christians in the church in Corinth used it to justify going to prostitutes. Well, St. Paul rejects this way of thinking. St. Paul teaches very clearly that some behavior is incompatible with being a Christian and living the new life of the Spirit. And in our reading this week, he describes these works as the works of darkness. As we saw last week, we live in between two times. We live between the death of our Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and the time when he will come as our judge. In our reading this morning, St. Paul calls believers to wake from sleep, for the night has far gone and the day is at hand, he writes. We are to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. In our reading, St. Paul gives three examples of the works of darkness. There are many more, but he gives three examples. The first two are typical behaviors of the night, partying and drunkenness. The, sex, the second, sexual promiscuity and license. Now, the past lifestyle of many of his readers would have included drunkenness and sexual promiscuity, and the same is true today. The third, however, is a slightly different sort of work of darkness, quarreling and jealousy. While we may feel that the first two aren't troubling within the church, the third, sadly, is all too typical. Quarreling and jealousy have been with the church from the beginning. St. Paul closes our passage this morning by telling his readers, using the metaphor of getting dressed, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. They are so to live like Christ that they look like him. And in living like Christ, St. Paul tells his readers, they're not to satisfy their own desires. The life St. Paul calls his readers to is the precise opposite 
of one that focuses on self-fulfillment. So how are we to apply all this to us today? Well, it wasn't just in St. Paul's day that people believed that love equaled freedom from law and rules and regulations. From the middle of the 20th century onwards, there's been a big rebellion against any idea of rule and authority. As you know, I come from Liverpool, and the Beatles, who also came from Liverpool, provided the anthem for an age. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Which is all very well and good, but it raises the obvious question. What is love? Love, in fact, is not the best word to use to translate the word that St. Paul uses for love. The problem is it's very hard to find one that is. For St. Paul, love is not opposed to law, not opposed to rules and regulations. Rather, St. Paul writes, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is the way, for St. Paul, to achieve what God's law in the Old Testament was itself trying to achieve. For many today, love is about finding fulfillment for myself. It is about satisfying my own desires. I saw a poster on the MTR the other day which said, you can't love your children till you love yourself. You can't make your children well if you're not well yourself. The whole emphasis today is on being well ourselves, on well-being for ourselves, about making sure we have what we need, what we want. If people are challenged about their behavior, about the things that they do, it's common to get the response, how can it be wrong when it feels so right? St. Paul closes by saying, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The fact that something feels right does not make it right. Indeed, if it feels right, that might serve in itself as an alarm call to tell us that it's ourself that is seeking it and not God's Spirit. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, St. Paul writes. So if something is primarily about what is good for me, then that is an indication that it may not be what a loving choice. It may not be about love. And if it hurts another, then it's certainly unlikely to be about love. Secondly, as well as an emphasis on love, not law, there has been a feeling in the church and outside it that in the past we've been too negative. We've focused too much on what people shouldn't do, on the thou shalt nots, when instead we should have been focusing on the positives. But this has led to people thinking that there isn't anything that they can't do. What should and should not be done is a matter of individual choice, and no one's choices are wrong or better than anyone else's, or so we believe. St. Paul is more robust and more realistic. 
he tells us to cast off the works of darkness. The church sadly has surrendered to the prevailing cultural climate. We have failed to tell people what the works of darkness are. And the works of darkness are not only wrong in themselves, they are damaging to our own well-being. Take the works of darkness that St. Paul refers to in our reading. Firstly, alcohol. I don't need to tell you what a social problem alcohol is, how it leads to crime and violence, to broken families and abuse. But secondly, sexual promiscuity and permissiveness. Sexually transmitted infections are at an all-time worldwide high. In preparing for the sermon, I came across a statistic that I'm still trying to take in. Let me ask a question. How many people in the United States on any one day do you think have a, has a sexually transmitted infection? According to the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, the answer is one in five, 20% of the population. Now, I know what you're going to say, oh, Ross, that's the United States, and we all know what those Americans are like. Uh, well, AIDS Concern Hong Kong did a survey amongst young people, and they found that 17.5% of the girls they surveyed had an STI. We are very selective, aren't we, about the diseases we worry about? Well, you may say, well, yes, Ross, that's all very well and good, but it doesn't apply to me. Well, what about arguing and jealousy? Because arguing and jealousy can lead to harmful behavior, but also to behavior which harms ourselves. If you take arguing and envy, envy and jealousy add to stress and anger, and these in turn are linked to illness. Anger, for example, is a risk factor with heart disease, long-term stress harms the immune system and has been linked with several forms of cancer. It may sound at times that the church, that the Bible, that St. Paul is being very negative and simply opposed to us having a good time. The reality is that the works of darkness, the desires of the flesh, lead to destruction, disease, and death. The reason why St. Paul tells us to put on the armor of light is that by doing what God tells us to do, we protect ourselves from the destruction of darkness. That's what armor is for. But if we are to put on the armor of light, we need to take off the clothing of darkness, which is why St. Paul closes with the metaphor of putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for the flesh. Our goal as Christians is to become Christ-like. Sometimes when people like me talk about love, it sounds all very abstract and unreal. For the Christian, love is not an abstract concept. Love is a person. If we want to know what love looks like, we look at Jesus. And if we want to see what's right 
we look at Jesus. If we want to see what's wrong, we look at Jesus. And our goal in life is to become like him. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. May God grant that each of us puts on the Lord Jesus Christ and becomes more like him. Amen.